You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 31 of the Archaeology and Ale podcast and the first segment of Half Pint, our new short form interview series created as part of the 2020 Digital Woodland Heritage Festival. The podcast and festival are brought to you by Archaeology in the City, the community outreach program from the University of Sheffield's Department of Archaeology. In this half pint, we have the University of Sheffield's own Bob Johnston telling us about his work on the Lodgemore POW camp right here in Sheffield. So my name's Bob Johnston. I'm a senior lecturer in landscape archaeology in Sheffield, which means that I uh, research and teach uh, landscape archaeology primarily of uh, Britain. So how did the Lodgemore project come about and what was it that drew you to this part of Sheffield's history? Well we we started working there um, uh, as part of uh, an undergraduate module that I coordinate. Um, it's a, a core module for our um, second year undergraduates. It's called Archaeology Matters and the purpose of the module is, is twofold, really. One is to um, enable students to learn about the archaeological research process by doing a, a group research, small group research project. Um, but the second aim of the module is for students to um, learn more about the, the active role that archaeology plays in, in landscapes and, and, and communities today. Uh, and we were attracted to Lodgemore both because of its um, importance in Sheffield's heritage, uh, its proximity to the department, um, but also because it's a, a location that is being um, uh, studied and uh, conserved as part of a large heritage project called the Sheffield Lakeland Landscape Partnership. Um, Redmarsh Plantation is in the, the same area as, as the Lakeland Landscape Partnership um, and we want the, we wanted work the students research to be uh, uh, to contribute in some way to that uh, wider uh, the, the agenda of that wider project. Could you give us a brief history of Lodgemore and what happened there and tell us what part of that history the project was seeking to better understand? So we've been working at um, Redmar's plantation um, on the edge of Lodgemoor uh, only since last year, uh, last February I think we started um, and the the area where we're working is um, currently majority of it public land owned by the, the she Sheffield City Council uh, it's a piece of woodland and it's important from an archaeological point of view, a historical point of view, um, because it was the site of two uh, prisoner of war camps, one in the First World War, the second um, in the Second World War, and the 
you know, the, the area has a longer history than that. It was most of it more recent, perhaps. It was a, a race course briefly in the 1870s. Um, it was a military camp at the beginning of the First World War when um, the Sheffield uh, City Battalion, the PALs, had trained on the nearby Moorland. Um, but uh, it's it's most substantial archaeological remains, the ones you can see in the woods today, um, are relate to the, the Second World War camp. It was in place really from the 1942, I think, or there around, 43, um, 1943 perhaps, through until 1948. Um, I think the last prisoners left in 1947. Uh, so our project is particularly concerned with that, uh, with those military camps, and above all, really, the, the, the archaeological remains of the Second World War camp. Tell us more about the field work you conducted at Lodgemore, what you found and what it taught you about the lives of those prisoners. Yeah, so it's a good question about what what's what we found and, and um, what, if anything, has been kind of unexpected. Like the, the research is in an early stage um, because the students star the, the first group of students started last year and they did they, they did their small projects last year six groups in all um this year's students had some terrific plans uh, but of course the um the covid 19 lockdown has put pay to all of that um so we haven't made any progress this year unfortunately um so we'll have to save that for next um next spring but the work that last year's group was groups did was was really terrific and um, yeah I thought they produced some really sort of interesting insights into the history of the camp and the lives of the prisoners and the the scale of the community that that, that was up there on on the on the Merland really or the, the Merland edge um, in the in the latter stages and just after the second world war you know the students showed that you know, at times there were um, nearly 11,000 prisoners in the camp at its height in 1945. Um, many of them uh, were uh, living in, in tents uh, in a, a kind of additional compound on the um, west side of the camp. Another thing that the, the, the group showed was the extent to which the present-day woodland has, has considerably obscured the remains of the camp and the the challenge in terms of how the 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 uh, city council faces in terms of uh, managing and interpreting the site for the public, um, there was a lot of over um, uh, undergrowth really, and and the many of the the archaeological remains are overgrown and, and inaccessible. So there's a big question there about how best to um, and where to. Uh, sort of open up and make more accessible and interpret parts of the, the camp. Um, and I think that's a, a big challenge for the Lakeland Landscape Partnership. And the work that the students did was was great in terms of sort of mapping out where those, um, uh, where the site is most visible and where in, in the future work might be done to try and um, open it up and interpret it. Uh, so I thought that was really terrific. And another great piece of work, one of the groups was was around um, the the material remains that survive across the camp, particularly the, the sort of um, the physical small objects that are left, the bits of brick and uh, small artifacts, bits of china and um, 
pieces of porcelain from uh, latrine blocks and so on that are just kind of scattered around and they did a, a piece of work picking mapping that those those objects and that material um, and I yeah that, that was a, a really nice piece of um, research and showed the potential to do a lot more of that um, and potentially you know, undertake small amounts of excavation what happened to Lodge Moore after the war ended? Did it see any more usage, and is there anything left there now? It, it more or less fell out of use. They, they, there were several different plans of, of ways to uh, use the um, use the buildings, or at least use the area of the camp, um, but they came more or less to nothing. Uh, the plantation was put there. The woodland was planted in the 19, late nineteen fifties, I think. Uh, and it's been plantation ever since. There's a the council have a camp for the travellers community uh, on a part of the um, a part of the area uh, close to where the former entrance would have been into the um, POW camp. In fact, so that remains the only area of the camp that is still sort of lived on um, and, and has a sort of resident um, community. Do you think that Lodge Moore? has any significance to Sheffield's history? It does, and lots of people um, informally have an interest in the camp's history. Um, you know, in the May and the research that's been done has been done by um, people um, voluntarily, if you like, researching um, uh, researching the, uh, the history, the archaeology of the camp. Um, it I suppose for me, a, a, an obvious way in which it matters, and it, it's, I don't want to speak for <laughs> the wider, the wider sort of values that people might hold about that place. They're very varied, I think. But, but for me, one of the, the reasons that it matters is that, you know, at a point in the mid to late nineteen forties, the closing part of the war and and and, um, and subsequent few years afterwards. There was a very large community of of prisoners there who came from Germany, from Italy, from Ukraine. Um, you know, they were um, they worked in local farms. They um, they attended meetings of the council. Some uh, small number stayed in Sheffield. Uh, we know of um, some who married local. Uh, local women and, 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 and had families here. Um, many others went back to their home countries and carried with them sort of memories of their time uh, interned in, in Sheffield. And I think, uh, and, and I think that, that story of the, the kind of interna internationalization of war and its, and its impact in, in many different places, not just on the battlefield, but um, w within the communities here back in Britain um, is a is a really important story uh, makes up a, lot of, a series of really important stories that need to be sort of explored and told and remembered um, uh, for a whole variety of political and and social reasons um, and I think the a place like Lodgemer is important because it it provides the the locus around which those stories can be um, sort of organised, the, the place from which they can emanate or be connected with. Um, and I think that gives them a, a tangibility which is really valuable, really important, 
um, even if in some respects it, it physically it isn't a lot to look at uh, at the moment anyway but the stories that are associated with it give it uh, immense kind of cultural and um, uh, social importance thank you for listening to this archaeology and ale half pint for more information about Bob or the Lodge More Project, please visit the show notes which accompany this episode. And for more information about our podcast, please visit our page on the Archaeology Podcast Network. You can get in touch with us at Archaeology in the City on Facebook, WordPress, Instagram, or Twitter. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Keep an eye on your favorite podcast app for more Half Pint episodes coming soon. See you next time. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.